The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Thursday morning to you, April 13th, 7 a.m. It's David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We appreciate it. Notice a little frost advisory still out there until 10 this morning. It was chilly when I came in. It was. I don't know if I saw much frost, though, looking okay. out, but maybe in some of the outlying areas. Little, Could be. A little cooler. A little cooler. Maybe if you're out in Hillsboro yeah. or uh, Forest Grove, kind of that area could be a little bit. I didn't get any on my car yeah. uh, or didn't notice anything coming in either, so it was a chill, but you're right, it was chilly. Will this be the last frost advisory of the season until we get to uh, October? Labor Day? Yeah. <laughs> No, not labor. That'd be a little early. But yeah, perhaps October of November. I certainly hope so. See if we make the turn. Start to warm up. There are, though, a few uh, days. In fact, there's a whole string of days with clouds and lightning and everything next week. So uh, I don't think we're out of storm season yet. Uh, Could be a record rainfall for (laughs) April, I think. Yeah, I think we may be heading in that direction. Well, let's talk about, I wanted to talk about this morning, the great coffee controversy <laughs> that rocked the Mater Day radio studio. It was yesterday. quite an afternoon. So here's what happened. You typically, when the show is over, very nice of you, you go in, make make coffee and, uh, you know, share it with the rest of the rest of the staff as they come in. And I have usually have a cup. So I did. Went in there and uh, poured <laughs> myself a little cup and uh, went back to the office and sipped on it and like, hmm. This tastes a little different. New today. blend. New, and, and that's what I thought. It almost had like a, almost a floral taste <laughs> to it. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure if I like this. And so I went into you and I said, did you use a new coffee flavor or a new coffee blend today that tastes a little bit different? And you're like, uh, no, but I did clean the coffee pot. I cleaned out. the coffee pot yesterday. And I said, oh. Okay, and then Sarah, who is right around the corner, she goes, "Yeah, I noticed it tasted. I noticed it tastes <laughs> different too. I, I'm not quite sure what it is. Did you use a new uh, a new type of coffee?" And you're like, "No, I didn't." So you had cleaned the coffee pot, and apparently, some of the soapy residue just probably didn't get rinsed out all the way. I know. Yeah. It was a big deal. In fact, I'm pretty sure this might be going on my performance evaluation. <laughs> in my effort, that we, you know, we're, we've got a big week coming up. Yeah. People coming in, priests and, and uh, auxiliary Bishop Peter Smith. I wanted to make sure that sure. we were ready and presentable. That coffee pot needed to be clean. Yes. It did. Yeah, and, well, and, I look in it, yeah. And, and so my go-to, because I do this at home also, because I also, it's a stainless steel pot. Right. And the hole in the top is actually really small. Yeah. Uh, and at, even at my one at home, I can get my hand in there and clean. But I still do this. You know, that residue builds up. Yeah. And so I dissolved and dropped a dishwasher tab. Gotcha, yeah. Into the pot. Cleans it right up, Never done it. Let it sit overnight. I even took apart the top mechanism because we've been having some trouble with that coffee pot overflowing. And it's hard to get in there because it's a small hole. It's a small hole, yeah. Yeah, you can't really get in there and scrub. You can't. So I took the whole little 
top mechanism apart. I let it all soak in there. The next morning, I dump it out crystal clean. Look at that. Just it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. I rinse. I did spend a long time rinsing it out because I know that that can be a problem. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, because I couldn't get in there real well to get it all wiped out, yeah. there was still some residue. Well, I applaud your efforts. <laughs> It did. It did leave a floral taste with the uh, with the coffee. So the question is here before right, we run now out we of gotta time. Get yeah. some help. What is the best way to clean the inside of a coffee pot, particularly when there's just a tiny little hole? You can't get in there and scrub it. Really, I mean, maybe with like a toothbrush you could, but it's hard to get any. That's all, I mean, yeah, yeah you, 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 you just can't get, can't any, get yeah, in there. You can't the put around. any pressure on it to do it. So there's there's the question for you, folks. We need some kind of a special yes. organic method What's to the clean best that way? out. Yeah. Uh, your suggestion was. The the classic vinegar and baking soda. Right. The yeah. problem with that, though, is that vinegar is going to smell up the place. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah. So I don't know if that might be the best option. <laughs> I know vinegar, I'd run vinegar through at home to clean like the scale off of yeah, the internal yeah. parts. Uh, but I don't know if we I don't can think you need along. a lot of it, just a tiny bit, and then baking soda. But again, it's hard to get that surface area, you know, to press. It's got to gotta so. be able to just soak, clean, and empty. I'm sure somebody has a All great right. idea out Info there. Info at yes. com. There you go. That's exactly. the email. So if you have a the perfect way to clean that coffee pot so that way I don't get marked down on my performance evaluation and my attempt to get everybody settled and clean. Yeah. I don't want anybody to get sick, but of course, then there's All right. drinking the soap suds. Well, I'm going to be very careful when I sip that coffee today after you make it to see what I'm gonna it tastes like. I'm going to run a like. hot, pot, um, hot yeah. water through it here there, in just a minute just to be go. sure. So anyway, that, that was the big con- coffee controversy yesterday. What do you have coming up today? Well, David, the task of writing the final document on the Synod of Synodality has begun at the Vatican. How will this group attempt to take all of these documents from around the world and put them into one. All right, and we'll talk inflation as well. All right, we got a great show ahead for you this Thursday morning. Here is Matt Marr and Deliverer. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. I was a drifter, I had nowhere to go. I was hanging by threads of dust and bone. Every angel I knew singing song come home but the melody was hard to sing along oh god you mighty deliverer Stay in the wind When you realize 
think of why we're free to love and live and die And there's no need to justify the sin of that society of me has lost all is Matt Marr and Deliver. It's 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Thursday morning. Well, Michael Davis, Common Sense on Social Justice. He joins us next with more. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Brother Cyril, a Benedictine monk at Mount Angel Abbey, for the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Hood Hospice. For more than 40 years, Mount Hood Hospice has been serving those in their final stages of life with loving care in East Multnomah and Clackamas counties. With a compassionate medical and spiritual support team, hospice services are provided wherever the patient lives. With the top listing on Medicare's Care Compare, information online at mounthoodhospice.org. Eastertide is filled with great joy and fervent prayer at Mater Dei Radio. 
During this special time in the church, join us in the celebration of our Lord's glorious resurrection through our three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass, the seasonal Regina Chaley prayer for the Queen of Heaven, the sacred mysteries of the rosary, the chaplet of divine mercy, and inspiring Eastertide reflections. We also rejoice in praying for your specific intentions on Day Radio's prayer hotline. Just call 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or fill out your personal request on the prayer page at MatradeRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Our dedicated team will start praying for you right away. Experience the great joy of Eastertide and unite with us in prayer as we lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Matarday Radio. And it is 713 at Matarday Radio. As I mentioned, there is a frost advisory out there until 10 this morning, mostly in the outline areas. Here in Portland, not quite as cold, but I was looking like Forest Grove. You mentioned Forest Grove, 32 degrees. Mm. Oh, that is cold. So there you go. Cloudy skies today, about a 30% chance of showers, high of 51, 30% chance of rain overnight tonight, low of 38. And then for Friday, yeah, not a bad day. Partly sunny skies, high of 57. Currently, it is 41 degrees at Our Lady of Lourdes Catholic School in Vancouver. And 43 degrees at Ascension Church in Portland. It is time once again to have a common sense discussion on social justice with Michael Davis. Every week, Michael Davis brings you a new podcast in our standalone podcast where he talks about social justice and, well, common sense approach to it. Michael is joining us today because you got a couple new podcasts coming out. Good morning, Michael. Thanks for joining the Morning Blend. Good morning, Brenda. Good to be here. Michael, your next upcoming episode uh, is talking about what happens when we store up treasures on earth. This is very interesting to me because I think that that's exactly what we're taught to do, though, that it, that is an important thing to do. But perhaps if we looked at it through a different lens, we understand what you mean a little bit more. Tell us about this episode. Yeah, so it's an episode from Discourse 56 of the Second Coming of Christ. It's a commentary by a Hindu monk named Paramahansa Yogananda. And in this, he talks about the universal distribution of goods, and he's doing a commentary on Luke chapter 12. And in this, he talks about how our one pursuit is to be, is to know and be one with God. And that should be the pursuit of nations as well. But he says the problem is nations are stockpiling and people are stockpiling, corporations are stockpiling. And so what happens is then we've got so many uh, humans who are left without. Michael, this reminds me of that fear that drives ahead of big events, things that happen, like when there's a storm on the way and people go in and buy up all the water and all of the bread, even during the pandemic. What did people go to? I mean, we had a pandemic that we didn't know what was happening, but we knew people were dying. And so what did people do? They bought up all the toilet paper. Yes. I mean, we are so much a fear driven society. That obviously fear and social justice, there's no room for the two to live together, it seems like. Right. And fear and uh, lack of trust in God, which is where the fear comes from, and lack of love. As St. John says, where there's fear, that means love is missing. 
And I was talking to my mom about this the other day. She lives in the Midwest, growing up in the Midwest when blizzards were coming. You know, everybody takes all the bread and milk. And I asked my mom, I was like, do people normally just live on bread and milk? Why do they only buy that? But they do. And they Mm -hmm. stockpile. And then there are people left without. And when we do that, what we're doing is telling our brothers and sisters, I don't love you enough to make sure you have something too. Wow. And it's amazing what our minds go through when faced with difficulty. But you're right. If we remember and live for each other and more specifically live to help those people in our neighborhood, which is where you always try to go to, boy, if we all were there for each other, we'd be able to provide a whole lot of need, not just for ourselves, but for those outside of our community who would also have need. It seems very reasonable. We look at it. When we're not in emergency. Yeah, exactly. It does seem that way, but we just don't do it. We're taught and it's driven into us to stockpile our savings account, our IRA, uh, our houses, you know, to always plan way into the future. And what happens is we miss the present. And when we miss the present, we miss the person who's right in front of us at the present. Well, Michael, is there an example ever in history or in scripture where it was seen that the nation or the kingdom took its good and then distributed it to those in need to really build up everybody? Yeah, I think one example would be King Solomon in ancient Israel. He was the second king of Israel or third king of Israel, rather. And he, uh, it says during his time that silver was like the dust of the earth. I mean, it was so common. And the reason why is that everybody was employed uh, during his reign. And he did a lot of public works projects, for example, building the temple, a massive temple in Jerusalem. And he had just uh, palaces, all kinds of public works projects. So he was using the national treasuries to employ so many people. And then from that, it just sort of snowballed into other industries being created, the logging industry and all these different things. And so people were thriving because uh, obviously he did amass great wealth for himself, Mm -hmm. but everybody benefited from that. It wasn't just all hung up on him. All right. Well, just a reminder that, yeah, it's been done before and we do have the ability in our society to bring about a greater good. Michael Davis is joining us today. We're talking about his upcoming episodes on his podcast, Common Sense on Social Justice. You can find that podcast at materdayradio.com and access it on the Hail Mary Media app. Well, your second podcast that is coming up, we'll take a look at abandoned places of the empire and what we can do about it. Well, this is really interesting because we talked a little bit as we were preparing for our interview and I went, well, what abandoned places in whose empire? Mm -hmm. Well, it's right here again in our own backyard. Tell our listeners more. Yeah. So... uh Throughout history, empires have risen and fallen. The Egyptian Empire, Roman Empire, Assyrian Empire, you know, English, the British Empire. And now in our our day, we've got the Chinese, Russia and American empires. And what happens in these empires is that people are a tool to be used to uh, promote the industrial complex. And when people are no longer useful because they become disabled, elderly, drug addicted, whatever it is, then if they're no longer useful to the building up of the empire, then they are pushed out to the edge of the cities, pushed out into the 
countryside, wherever, to be abandoned and forgotten. Wow. Well, it seems then in our time, in our age, if we just look at Portland, well, then what's beginning to happen, and it does seem like it's turned a little bit, meaning that, well, people move farther and farther away from the city. They have the resources to be able to commute in. And now you're creating an inner city lifestyle that, well, we know what kind of difficulties. And, and so how do you, you know, make that adjustment so that way, well, equal resources spread out across an equal area? Yeah, actually, I showed in the podcast that it's the flip. Statistics show that there are a million more impoverished people in the suburbs than there really? are in the inner city. Because now the inner cities are being rebuilt and you have to actually have a lot of money. Like in Portland in the Pearl District, which used to be a rundown drug infested area, is now plush and fancy. And so now the abandoned places are becoming the suburbs I and see. the exurbs. Yeah. Gentrification. Yeah. That's we see that happening all the time in neighborhoods all over the place. Well, another great podcast for people to listen to. Michael, thanks so much for joining us again. Thank you for opening my eyes and enlighten me in more situations here. Thanks for the podcast and your time today. Yeah, thank you so much. And again, that is Michael Davis. So you're going to catch both of his podcasts, Common Sense on Social Justice. Just head over to our webpage, materdayradio.com. Under Standalone Podcasts, you will find it. You can also access it on the Hail Mary Media app. And it is 722 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Thursday morning. Well, if you were listening to our last interview segment yesterday, you heard who our guest host mm-hmm. is going to be for the Spring share He's back. Dave Vassaris going to join us. Dave has some wonderful stories, particularly about Mother Angelica, who he worked with at EWTN back in the day. That's so, right. Uh, Her 100th birthday yeah. is going to be next week. Yeah. So uh, again, just a very special week next week. Seek the truth. That is the theme of our Spring share coming up April 17th through the 21st. If you go to our website, materdayradio.com, we've got it right there on the main page. Click on that. You can see everything that's going to be happening. Have our guests line up there. Have a great amount of guests. Just wonderful folks going to be joining us. And you even have an opportunity to give right now, if you like, to help us build that matching fund. Again, Spring share coming up next week. All the info, materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Francis Speaks from the Franciscan Missionary Sisters of Our Lady of Sorrows. God's seal. The Lord was pleased to endorse and confirm the teaching and rule of St. Francis, not only by miraculous signs, but also by the marks of his own stigmata, so that no true believer could possibly question them on external or internal evidence. And in his goodness, God was pleased to affix his own seal to the rule and teaching of St. Francis, who would never have presumed to teach or write anything 
other than what he received from the Lord. And he himself testifies, it was God who revealed to him the entire rule. A reflection from Through the Year with Francis of Assisi by Father Murray Bodo. Learn more at olpretreat.org. That's olpretreat.org. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jump start to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. Want an eye-opener in the morning without the caffeine? It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 725 at Mater Day Radio. We'll have the latest report on inflation for you in the news. And our Archbishop Alexander Sample has a message for all of us this Easter season. I'll share that with you coming up in four minutes. Here is Cody Roth and the reason for it all. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Sleepy eyes, wake up, it's time to face the dawn. Child rise, peer out, and spread your arms out wide and embrace this brand new day. That cold heart have all turned away. Search the sky, wondering what will I become? And your voice, soft and high, sings a song no one has sung. Don't worry about your life, don't worry about your future, don't worry about the time you spend digging in the dark. Don't wonder who you are. You're a precious child. You are the reason for it all. The smallest spark. She looks into his eyes. Here's a voice. She must reason.
Cody Roth and The Reason for It All. It's 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news this morning, our Archbishop of Portland, Alexander Sample, has published his Easter message. He begins by saying, my brothers and sisters, a joyous, glorious, and happy Easter to you all. Our Savior has broken through the gates of death. At this most sacred and triumphant time of year, we rejoice in Christ's victory. We have come with Jesus through the penitence of a Lent, through the darkness of Good Friday, through his suffering and death, and into the victorious light of hope for life everlasting. He then goes on to say, we are all acutely aware of the shadow of death in our world. Everywhere we look, there is pain, division, injustice, so much suffering. Maybe you are suffering as you read this, and I want you to know you are not alone. And then in conclusion, Archbishop says, as we celebrate his resurrection, I want you to remember Jesus brings us hope in the midst of our suffering. He has rescued us from the shadow of death. How will you respond to his gift of hope? Oh, that's very nice. Amen to that. Now, that is just a part of what he said on the podcast of today's show. I'll include the link to where you can read the full text of that. You can also go to the Archdiocese webpage and read that also there. Very nice. And a committee of 22 people gathered this week to begin the writing process for the Synod on Synodality's working document that will be the blueprint for discussions during the meeting of bishops in October. Now, according to a statement from the General Secretariat of the Synod of Bishops on Wednesday, a group of experts from five continents, they say, is meeting at the Vatican until April 19th with the aim of starting the reflection that will lead at a later stage to the drafting of the Instrumentum Laboris. That is the working document for the first session of the 16th Ordinary General Assembly of the Synod of Bishops. Now, to begin drafting the working document, the group of experts will meet behind closed doors to discuss the continental stage of the Synod as a whole and analyze the seven final documents submitted by each of the regional assemblies. U.S. consumer inflation eased in March with less expensive gas and food, providing some relief to households that have struggled under the weight of surging prices. Yet prices are still rising fast enough to keep the Federal Reserve on track to raise interest rates at least one more time beginning in May. Government said Wednesday that consumer prices rose just 0.1 percent from February to March. That's down from 0.4 percent from January to February and the smallest increase since December. 
Now, measured from a year earlier, prices were up just 5% in March, down sharply from February 6% year-over-year increase and the mildest such rise in nearly two years. Now, much of the drop resulted from price declines for such goods as gas, used cars, and furniture, which had soared a year ago after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Well, the commute may have been difficult for a few people last night. The Lewis and Clark Bridge that crosses the Columbia River and connects Longview, Washington to Rainier, Oregon, closed to all cars on Wednesday evening for emergency repairs, according to the Washington State Department of Transportation. Now, WASDOT maintenance crews were out on Wednesday afternoon prepping the bridge before a summer replacement project when they noticed a fractured floor beam. Mm. Now, they expected repairs to keep the bridge closed from 24 to 48 hours. Well, in a 6 a.m. tweet this morning from WASDOT Southwest, it said the Lewis and Clark Bridge is now open. Overnight, WASDOT crews completed emergency bridge work and all needed inspection. Bridge is now open to all traffic. Thank you for your patience. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think the last time I've been over that bridge. It's been oh, a while. You we, go, have you? we go over it, not regularly, but anytime. If you're, we're heading out to Astoria, yeah. we go north and then cut through Longview and get on that bridge. And, of course, that takes you right out to Astoria. Oh, yeah. That's a good way to go. So that's how we always take that that way out there. So uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. Uh, we'll say God's divine providence that they happen to be out there yeah. doing prep work. And then saw the broken beam, mm-hmm. so uh, Got it that fixed. they were able to get it fixed. Yeah. Well, you may have to be a little bit more tech-savvy when it comes to airline tickets, at least for Alaska Airlines, that says it will no longer provide self-serve kiosks at PDX to print boarding passes. Instead, passengers will either have to print their boarding passes at home or load them onto their smartphones. Now, boarding passes for Alaska flights won't be available on the airport's common-use kiosk either. Alaska says the change will get people through the lobby area more quickly, cut down on paper use. An Alaska Air spokesperson says the airline will still have customer service agents available who can print passes for you if need be, Mm -hmm. no extra charge. The airline says three and four passengers already print their boarding passes at home or use their smartphones. The change won't affect other airlines. So it's interesting. We flew several weeks ago and on the phone. That's where you have it on your phone. It it is very convenient. And I'm glad that when you do do that check in, at least on my iPhone, and I'm sure Androids work the same way. It says, do you want to put this into your wallet, which is your kind of your online or your cell phone wallet. And sure enough, it just downloads that information i've done that for concerts before yeah. i think blazer tickets and and airline tickets they just pretty easy it right in there for yeah. you just don't forget your phone and make sure it's charged <laughs> that's right well portland leaders uh, voted on wednesday to spend 4.5 million dollars to demolish the square atop land that was the city's first park O'Brien Square, located at the intersection of Southwest Park Avenue and what's now known as Southwest Harvey Milk Street, is listed as Park Block Number 1 on Old City Maps. Now, it was donated in the 1970s to the city on the condition that a parking lot be built underneath of it. Now, in 1973, O'Brien Square opened to significant fanfare, even though it was covered in bricks and concrete. 
People were impressed by its dual uses, both a city park and underground parking lot. But over time, the garage started leaking, an old structural wall began to crumble, and well, the fountain in the center of the square broke. O'Brien Square has been closed and fenced off since 2018, so crews will now break up and remove the old concrete, then fill in the resulting hole to grade level. Grass going to be planted and a mature ring of trees around the property is expected to remain. All right. Well, sounds like a little nicer. In sports, in the NBA playoff play-in games last night, it was the Chicago Bulls edging the Toronto Raptors 109-105 to in the Eastern Conference. Bulls will play Miami in an elimination game tomorrow in the West. Oklahoma City downed New Orleans 123-118, to eliminating the Pelicans. The Thunder will now play Minnesota in an elimination game tomorrow night. So kind of getting used to the way they do the NBA playoffs now because they, they switched them uh, a couple years ago and okay. now, now do these play-in games. And it allows more teams an opportunity to make it to the playoffs. But uh, the play-in games yeah, are a little little confusing because one team will win, but then they have to go play in an elimination game. And so, but anyway, All that's right. how it is. If somebody else knows it, all I need yeah. to know is who's in at the yeah. end. Well, Portland's not. Not them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, many Catholics are familiar with the concept of a novena, which involves praying for nine consecutive days for a particular intention. While this is often very effective, some are in need of more urgent response from God and turn to a nine-hour novena prayed in a single day. Well, the nine-hour novena to the infant Jesus of Prague is often set for an urgent need and and many can attest to its efficacy. Now, the novena can also be prayed for nine consecutive days, but most pray this for nine hours. Now, there is not given to us a guarantee that you'll get exactly what you are praying for, but God always answers our prayers, and it may not be what we expect, but we always receive that response. The key is to pray the nine-hour novena with faith and trust in God, letting God decide how to best to respond to your prayer. And in part, this prayer reads, O Jesus, who has said that you ask of the Father in my name, he will grant you. Through the intercession of Mary, your most holy mother, I humbly and urgently ask your Father in your name that my prayer may be granted. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And today at 6 o'clock p.m. is the monthly night of hope and healing at St. Alice Parish in Springfield. Join Father Mark Benz every second Thursday of the month for a night of hope and healing, starting with a bilingual English and Spanish rosary at 6 o'clock p.m. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Just head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And we're going to talk with uh, Scott Kerman, the executive director of the Blanche House. We'll do that right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join me, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, 
and other listeners of Modern Day E-Radio as we pray an act of charity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O my God, I love you above all things, with my whole heart and soul, because you are all good and worthy of all my love. I love my neighbor as myself for the love of you. I forgive all who have injured me, and I ask pardon of those whom I have injured. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass, Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Seven forty-three here at Mater Day Radio. Well, again, a chilly start to the day, and cloudy skies going to fill the sky into the afternoon. Now, that local frost advisory going to expire at ten a.m. this morning, but it seems like a lot of the areas around the metro area is going to be already above freezing temperatures. Now, with this cold morning. Daytime temperatures are only going to be into the low 50s for our high today. It doesn't look like we're going to go get any rain. Then overnight, we cool down to the upper 30s. Tomorrow's highs back again to the upper 50s. Might see the sun peak out late into the afternoon. We'll have to see about that. And then rain back in the menu for Sunday. Yeah, I heard average temperature usually this time of year, about 62 degrees. Yeah, average high. So we're, we're, we're climbing. well below that. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, 36 degrees at St. Mark Church in Eugene. And 35 degrees at St. Anthony's Catholic Church out in Forest Grove. Well, it was a busy month of March for Portland's Blanche House. Not only did the social service organization continue its important work of helping those living on the streets, it also held its Lend a Helping Hand brunch, where it raised funds for its services and honored several individuals and groups. To give us an update on all of the activities is the executive director of the Blanche House, Scott Kerman. Hey, good morning, Scott. Great to talk with you. Good morning, David. Good morning, Brenda. I hope you're both doing well this day. We are. Thank you very much. And as I mentioned, busy month of March for the Blanche House. Your Lend a Helping Hand brunch, by all accounts, looks like you had a full house. Oh, it was a fantastic event. Thank you for asking. And you're right. It has been a busy month, and it's hard to believe that the brunch happened on March 5th. It already yeah. feels like a long time ago, but we, we held it at the Sentinel Hotel. We had 320 people in attendance. We filled the room. Wow. We had another another 40 people 
join us online because we also had a, uh, a digital hybrid um, event. And uh, we raised $350,000 wow, for our program. Wow, that is fantastic. So, I mean, really fantastic. It was, it was quite an event. It was a, a very joyful celebration. You know, and you think about, too, going back to the pandemic when, uh, you know, you weren't able to do it in person and you had to do it online. It must have been very nice to have people there and see the happy faces. It was so great. Everybody was so happy to be together. And um, we just had and so many people who've just discovered Blanche House in the last couple of years and and have been a part of our community. And there was that was their first chance to go to an event like this. And for me, um, only my second opportunity to do an in-person um, brunch. And it was quite a, a moment for me as I, I stood before everybody, because the last time I did that was at the end of February 2020. And we had heard of this thing called COVID. Yeah. Um, we bought extra hand sanitizer for the event. But of course, no, at that moment, none of us knew what was right around the corner. And, and we certainly didn't know that it was going to be such a, a part of our lives and a part of our service for the next um, two to three years. So um, it felt really good. It yeah. felt really good to be able to to greet people in person and to celebrate um, our achievements, talk about the challenges that we're facing. And, uh, and it's really a chance for us to elevate and celebrate the people that we serve. Yeah, it's wonderful. Scott Kerman, Executive Director of the Blanche House in Portland's Old Town. You also had an opportunity to honor some organizations and some individuals. Yeah, that, at every brunch we want to um, celebrate people who help us do the work that we do. And so at this brunch we um, presented an award to our um, longtime board member and supporter of the organization, Dan Petrosich. Um, such an important part of our um, organization. Dan um, is now on our emeritus board, and um, it was was really, you know, he deserves the lion's share of the credit for the building that we're in now. He was the driving force behind that. Uh, we also presented an award and recognized Pacific Coast Fruit, uh, one of our community's um, produce wholesalers. Um, they not only donate um, produce to us three days a week that we use in our meal service, uh, but we've had residents get jobs, really good jobs at Pacific Coast Fruit, and it's it's been a great source of employment for, for our residents. And then we also celebrated um, the University of Portland School of Nursing and our Harrington Health Nurse Clinic, nice. which operates in partnership with the University School of Nursing, providing such excellent services not only to our residents here at Blanchet House, but we also offer services to the broader community. We have a foot care clinic once a month, we've done vaccination and other healthcare clinics for the community. And so it's been an exciting partnership and, and a fantastic development for our services over the last couple of years. Uh, that's great. Well, wonderful honors there for the folks who helped the Blanche House. Hey, wanted to turn our attention to another subject right now, very important subject. I know you probably saw that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration yesterday approved for the first time an over-the-counter version of the opioid antidote, Narcan. This is something that your staff and volunteers see almost every day. Yeah, the, the really good news that the FDA has done this because I think it, this this and if, if people aren't familiar with Narcan, um, it saves lives. Um, it's a nasal spray, and if somebody is, is having an opioid overdose and are unresponsive and unconscious, uh, you can use this nose spray, and it's as easy to use as any nose spray you might use when you have a cold. 
and it will revive them. It will save their life. Um, sometimes it takes two or three doses mm-hmm. because um, the 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 the, uh, the strength of the opioids, especially fentanyl, that people are using, um, one dose may not revive them, and it's expensive. Um, for us, it's about ninety dollars a dose, and if you're using that. Um, three or four doses to revive someone. And last week, our staff revived three people in one week, um, saving lives, um, the Blanche House staff. And we're not trying to put a price tag on this, but we do have to go out and get the Narcan and we have to pay for it. So it, you know, it, it is the reality of the situation. So we're hopeful. We've been talking with the state, with the Oregon Health Authority and talking with the county health department about ways of making it easier for nonprofits and more affordable to have these life-saving tools because we can't change lives if we can't save lives. And every life that we save is a life that we can change. And so, you know, it's something that is very important to us. And and I've been following this story very closely. You know, and I think when folks hear about the Blanche House, they think how you feed the homeless on the street, the houseless, and, and those who come to your kitchen there and dining room. But this is a whole nother level for your staff and, and how they have to be trained. It's something that's uh, maybe not in people's comforts level, but it's something that you do. That's, that's for sure. I mean, we're first responders now. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're serving people in significant mental health crisis, people with um, really bad um, health um, situations and injuries, and then sometimes, you know, we encounter a, a life-saving situation, and uh, we train our staff and we support them, and um, I'm just so proud of them because they just react, and um, I mean, it's just quite a thing to go out there and, and literally save a person's life mm. and then come back inside and serve meals, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, I'm just, I'm so impressed by them. I'm so inspired by them, and everybody here is trained to do it. I mean, yeah. we, we are all on the front lines, and it doesn't matter if you're working in the office or you're, you know, on our fundraising team or you're out there in the kitchen, you know, preparing and serving meals. Um, we are all going to encounter this, and I just, I'm really encouraged. I think there's some positive energy in the state right now to make Narcan more accessible, and and we're going to continue to advocate for that. Excellent. Scott Kerman, he is the executive director of the Blanche House. You can learn more about the Blanche House and how to help them with their efforts at their website at blanchehouse.org. Scott, thanks for all you do, all that your staff and volunteers do. We really appreciate it. Thank you. We, we, we're blessed by your support and uh, in especially the entire modern day community. All right. Well, God bless. God bless. And it is 7.51 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, that's just some of our great local ministries that are there to help the community. And we at Mater Day Radio are so grateful to be able to shine a light on the work that Scott Kerman does there at the Blanche House. And we also have the ability to focus our time and attention on all of the great ministries that are happening here at the, in the Portland area. If you've listened to Mater Day Radio and have 
found the truth of our Catholic faith, won't you tune in next week to our Spring share It's that twi- two times a year where we ask you to support Mater Day Radio in any way you can with your financial support. We've got a great lineup of guests who are ready to also say and share with you how the truth of our Catholic faith can be found right here on the airwaves at Mater Day Radio. And of course, through your generous support, we've been able to have the website available for use. And now, of course, that wonderful Hail Mary media app. Please, if you can, help donate and grow our matching fund today by using those two items. Go to our website, materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak from deepadventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue, number 73. I just had a really difficult experience, and I have to face it every day. What it is, it's that my prayer time has to end at some point. I have to, I have to get up and leave and start my, my work day. There's a scripture verse that says, I'm asleep, but my heart is awake. In the early morning hours, I, I can hardly wait to get up and go greet the Lord um, and make that cup of coffee. Lately, I've been down in Cocoa Beach, Florida, been doing a, a reality show and working out here. And I get up early, go down to the beach, my cup of coffee. I start by reading the readings from Mass, and I pray the Liturgy of the Hour, the Office of Readings. I read a chapter uh, or a couple pages from the Catholic Catechism. I read a chapter from the Imitation of Christ, and lately I've been reading William Gately's book on the 33 days of consecration to Jesus through Mary. And I just let that time of prayer, those, those prayers and my readings just carry me into the presence of the Lord. It just reminds me of, I see those pelicans in the morning as they fly together. They just seem like one. They just soar back and forth and up and down. And then they gracefully fly along the, the crest of the wave and their feathers almost seem to touch that wave. And that's the way my heart feels. I feel just so close to the Lord and such a desire to be one with him. And the sun comes up and I hold my breath through the sunrise and say the Jesus prayer. But then there comes that time when I have to leave. I have to go and, and, and start the other part of my life. I bring the Lord with me, though. I cherish him in my heart, and I pray the liturgy of the hours through the day. But it's the hardest thing in the world is to, is to leave uh, my time of prayer. And I invite you to experience that time of prayer with the Lord every day. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue number 73. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at deepadventure.com. The Benedictine Brewery Tap Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship, a place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com. 
Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mantra Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you. Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Modern Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend. Check out our podcast at materdayradio.com. And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. New signs going up along the Willamette River. We'll tell you about them in the news. And Pope Francis is making some changes to his changes with regards to the Vatican judicial system. I'll have that story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. It's not a surprise that a great many saints have the benefit of being brought up in faith with devout parents who teach them from a young age. But not everyone is that lucky. Some grow up without guiding principles or in the case of today's saint, Hermenegild, are instructed incorrectly. Saint Hermenegild was born in the sixth century, one of two sons of Leovigild, the Visigothic king of Spain. Their father instructed them in the teachings of Arius, so they were brought up believing in a heresy. Hermenegild was given dominion over the part of the land his father had claimed, namely the throne of Seville. He was also married to Ingund, the daughter of the king of Austrasia, who was a devout Catholic. Inspired by her example of piety and influenced by the words of St. Leander, Bishop of Seville, he eventually converted and was rebaptized into Catholicism. When his father heard of his conversion, he was furious. He immediately revoked Hermenegild's title and threatened to take away everything he had, including his life, unless he cast away his newfound beliefs and returned to Arianism. Unswayed by threats, Hermenegild revolted against his own father, requesting aid from the new groups in Spain that might be sympathetic. He was hopeful that the Byzantines would offer some assistance, but they were bribed by his father. They took his wife and sons hostage and left him alone against his father's overwhelming military. After a year of being besieged in Seville, Hermenegild fled to Cordoba and sought refuge in a church. His younger brother went to him bearing a message from their father. If he gave up and asked for pardon, he would not be punished. Hermenegild accepted the offer, and for a time, it seemed like his father's fury had softened and he would not be asked to return to Arianism. Unfortunately, the king's second wife poisoned Hermenegild's already strained relationships, creating a whole new rift in the family. Hermenegild was accused of heresy and put in chains in the Tower of Seville. Over the course of his time in the Tower, the king made many attempts to get his son to recant and reject Catholicism. Hermenegild refused time and again. Finally, Leovigild sent an Arian priest to his son, offering him full pardon if he would accept communion. Hermenegild refused outright and reprimanded the priest for his betrayal of the true faith. When his father heard of this, he fell into a rage and demanded his son's immediate execution. So on the eve of Easter, Hermenegild was made a martyr. Hermenegild's story is a dark one. He led a violent revolt against his father. And if you're thinking to yourself, that's not okay, you're absolutely right. Hermenegild's actions against his father were condemned by his contemporary, St. Gregory of Tours. But St. Gregory also credits Hermenegild for his heroic and unyielding faith during his imprisonment, which made him worthy of sainthood. Being Catholic doesn't give anyone the right to mistreat those who do wrong, nor does one wrong condemn someone forever, because God forgives all things. St. Hermenegild, pray for us. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic.
And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or for Easter resources, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news today, Pope Francis revised a law regulating the Vatican's judicial system on Wednesday, reversing some aspects of the Pope's prior reform of the Vatican City Courts. The April 12th motto proprio eliminates the previous mandate for a full-time Vatican magistrate, allowing all members of the court to be able to take on other positions. It also stipulates that the president of the Supreme Tribunal of the Apostolic Signatura, the Korea's highest canonical appeals court, will no longer be the de facto president of the Vatican's Court of Cassation. Now, the new changes mark the third motu proprio Pope Francis has issued to amend the law of his 2020 reform of Vatican City court system. The Pope said that the changes take into account the growing workload for the judicial bodies and aim to simplify procedures. In the update, Pope Francis also added a line that makes it possible to appoint a deputy to assist the president during the judicial year in which the president is required to resign. Well, do you have a pool of money set aside in case of a financial emergency? Under my my mattress. Does that count? (laughs) Yes, I, I suppose it does. Well, more than half of the Americans say they don't, around 53%, according to a new survey conducted by CNBC. The report titled Your Money Confidence Survey shows that 58% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, and another 70% say they are stressed over their household finances. Now, for those living from paycheck to paycheck, they point to high credit card debt, no emergency savings, high student loans, and healthcare costs as the reasons for their concerns. Now, the survey indicates that seniors are more likely than younger adults to have an emergency fund. In fact, of Americans 65 or older, 68% say they have an emergency fund. That compares to only 32% of 18 to 34-year-olds. Mm. Well, sometimes it does take a a lifetime to develop Mm -hmm. not only the financial skills, but to be able to grow your income to a point where you can also begin to get that pool of funds going. But that's uh, stressful. I've been there. Oh, yeah. Well, two adults were transported to an area hospital after a house fire in Vancouver yesterday morning. The Vancouver Fire Department was dispatched to a report of a structure fire at 3501 N Street. Now, the first arriving fire engine found heavy fire coming from the rear of the house and quickly deployed a hose line to attack the fire. Now, residents of the home told crews everyone was out of there, but still several pets inside. Now, crews worked quickly to knock down the fire and search for pets, but unfortunately, no surviving animals were found inside. The two adults who lived at the house were taken by ambulance to the hospital, but firefighters did not give any further information about their condition. The Vancouver Fire Marshal Office is investigating the cause. Well, this is a nice addition to the Willamette River, especially for water recreationists. New river mileage signage has been placed in roughly 10-mile increments through a multi-agency partnership to improve river recreation safety from Eugene all the way downstream to Lake Oswego. 
The new River Mile signs face the river so people on the water can easily identify, put in, and take out access points, the actual river miles, and who owns or manages the river access site. Now, some of the signs also include site amenities and leave no trace reminders. The River Mile signage begins in Eugene's Delta Ponds at River Mile 180 and continues downstream to River River Mile 20 in Lake Oswego's Foothills Park. Officials say downstream from Lake Oswego into the more populated urban areas of the river, additional signage is not needed as there are plenty of other landmarks in those locations. That's a big stretch of river with new signage. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Miles. Wow. Yeah. Uh, if only I had a boat that would <laughs> yes. uh, allow me to see all that. Now you have uh, uh, kayaks. I do have kayaks. You know, though, I get, I, I'm a little nervous about putting the kayaks out on the river. Yeah. I usually just kayak on, on lakes or smaller, you right. know, uh, little, yeah. little uh, areas. I can understand that. But maybe, yeah. maybe I will. All right. Well, Portland leaders voted on Wednesday to spend $4.5 million to demolish the square atop land that was the city's first park. O'Brien Square, located at the intersection of Southwest Park Avenue and Southwest Harvey Milk Street, is listed as Park Block Number 1 on Old City Maps. It was donated in the 1970s to the city on the condition that the parking lot be built underneath. So in 1973, O'Brien Square opened to significant fanfare, even though it was covered in bricks and concrete. People were impressed by its dual use as both a city park and an underground parking lot. But over time, the garage started leaking and an old structural wall began to crumble and the fountain in the center of the square broke. O'Brien Square has been closed and fenced off since 2018, so crews will break up and remove the old concrete, then fill the resulting hole to grade level, add some grass, and the mature ring of trees that is around the property now, well, that's expected to remain. And in sports, college baseball yesterday in Eugene, Oregon trounced San Francisco 16-6 at PK Park. They sweep the two-game series. Ducks travel to Stanford now to open a three-game series tomorrow. Well, this could be a new way to look at college football spring games that are typically played in April and are usually really no more than a glorified scrimmage amongst the team. Portland State head coach Bruce Barnum says he would be all in in playing Oregon or Oregon State in a fun spring contest. Ducks head coach Dan Landing says he wouldn't be opposed to the idea. So other teams around the country are also flirting with the idea. So, uh, yeah, watch for that in the near future. So spring games could come, you know, these little mini football games with other teams rather than just the scrimmage type of atmosphere. All right. That could be fun. Yeah. In Covington, Georgia, a 30,000-ton-per-year recycling facility for batteries and battery scraps just switched on the disassembly line for the very first time. A Massachusetts-based startup will be harvesting lithium carbonate, cobalt, manganese, and other battery materials, selling them back to the market, circumventing the huge challenges that come from opening new mines. Now, Ascend Elements hopes to take advantage of government programs on electric vehicle production by dotting the Carolinas, Georgia, Tennessee, and the Midwest with recycling facilities within an hour's drives of new automotive plants. Now, this Covington location, they say they can take apart around 70,000 electric vehicles worth of batteries while providing enough free cash flow to allow Ascend to pay car manufacturers 
little for their old batteries and make doubtedly sure they don't end up in landfills. So they are currently building another facility in Kentucky to bring this operation a little closer to what they call the battery belt Mm. of states mentioned above. I think this is what we have been kind of waiting for because while electric vehicles are becoming more and more popular, it's what are they doing with the old batteries Mm -hmm. that they're filling landfills. So if we can begin to harvest that, the, those elements for the batteries and create new ones, boy, that is a gold mine right there. That would be huge. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, this Saturday at 7 o'clock, you can go to the Nocturnal Adoration at Holy Rosary Church here in Portland. Join Nocturnal Adoration Society members from all over the Portland metro area in this time of prayer before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, beginning with the Rosary at 7, then antiphonal prayer and readings until about 8.30. You can find details on these and other events on the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and access it on the Hail Mary media app. Hey, Father Gary from St. Joseph Church in Vancouver. He's going to join us next. Tell us about a new effort underway in the Archdiocese of Seattle. That's up right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Only a few days remain before Matrade Radio's 2023 Spring share Seek the Truth. And we need your help to make this a successful event. Join us as we lead more searching souls into the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus Christ on April 17th through 21st. To prepare for this week of joyful celebration, please prayerfully consider making a gift to help us build a strong matching fund. Your support now will have a sizable impact on the success of Mater Day Radio's 2023 Spring share by providing a sound incentive for other listeners to match your financial generosity. To learn more and make your matching gift now, go to materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And join us as we seek the truth during our 2023 Spring share coming April 17th through 21st to Mater Day Radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 812 at Mater Day Radio. We've got about a 30% chance of showers today, a high of 51 degrees. That frost advisory in effect until 10 this morning. Overnight tonight, uh, about 38 your low, a little cloudy out there. And then partly sunny skies for Friday, a high of 57. Currently, it is 40 degrees at Immaculate Heart Catholic Church in Kelso, Washington. And 32 degrees at St. Edward's Church in Lebanon. 
Well, we all know the immeasurable value that our priests and seminarians are to the life of the church. And by virtue of his sacramental ordination, the priest is ordered to the Eucharist in a way that is both distinctive and defining. And this orients the entire life and ministry of the priest. We know that the vocation of the priesthood has been on the decline in the U.S. and around the world for years now. Now, recognizing this in the Archdiocese of Seattle, they have implemented a strategic plan in an effort to sustain the ability for priests to provide for our parishes. Now, joining me this morning to explain this further is Father Gary Lazzaroni, the Vicar for Strategic Pastoral Planning for this effort. Good morning, Father Gary. Thanks so much for joining the Morning Blend. Good morning, Brenda. It's a real pleasure to be here with you. Well, I appreciate your time in coming on and explaining to us, especially those who are living in Clark County and are listening to us, because this is affecting just the Archdiocese of Seattle, the vocation of the priesthood. It's dwindling. There's no other way to say that. But it's not just in Seattle. It is worldwide. But what is specifically the status of vocations in the Archdiocese of Seattle? Well, we've seen uh, a pretty significant decline in vocations to the priesthood uh, here in Seattle, and we project that out uh, into the future as well. As we look ahead um, over the next 15 years, uh, we're projecting to ordain uh, about uh, 2.5 men to the priesthood uh, over the next uh, 10 to 15 years. Now, that is a number that just doesn't sustain uh, the number of uh, priests that we are uh, losing to retirement um, and to death. And so uh, that's one element of the what's driving this need to do some real strategic pastoral planning so that we can be an effective church uh, into the 21st century. I should also say, Brenda, that um, it is about the decline in vocations to the priesthood, but that's only one element that's driving this. Um, we've also seen pretty significant decline in those who are entering lay ecclesial ministry, that is, people who give their lives as lay people to ministry in the church. Um, we've also seen a pretty significant decline um, dramatic decline in the number of people coming to Mass, uh, in the number of people celebrating sacraments, baptism, confirmation, uh, First Eucharist, um, people getting married in the church. Uh, so it is it is uh, this decline in vocations to the priesthood uh, certainly is one of the driving forces, but it's not the only one. Since the pandemic, of course, I think every parish saw a decline in, of course, those attending. And then those numbers haven't seemed to quite come back. Is the the number of people in parishes, is that um, an important part of this plan? Meaning that if a parish had a high number of people attending it, that uh, we maybe wouldn't see this decline or it was something that is happening, but the pandemic maybe just sped things along. Yeah, I would think I would say it's that <clears throat> that the um, the pandemic really um, 
just uh, exacerbated uh, an issue that we were seeing on a pretty steady decline in all of those areas that I named. Um, we have seen a rebound, uh, and it's um, while it isn't across the board uh, in in many many places, uh, we've seen people uh, coming back. And I would say at St. Joe's in Vancouver, we're probably at about eighty percent of where we were pre-pandemic. Um, but it it was a number that was declining even before the before the pandemic. Father Gary Lazzaroni is joining us this morning. Father Gary's the pastor at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver and has also been named Vicar for Strategic Pastoral Planning in the Partners in the Gospel Initiative. Father Gary, this initiative was introduced by Archbishop Achen just a little while ago. Let our listeners know a little bit about what this initiative involves, because I think that the priest's decline and parish decline is just a part of that. Yes. I mean, Partners in the Gospel is really about restructuring and re-envisioning the church so that we can be effective uh, in proclaiming the gospel. The idea behind Partners in the Gospel is to ask the question, how can we most effectively in the 21st century, in the Catholic Church in Western Washington, help people to encounter Jesus, to accompany one another on the journey of faith, and to live the joy of the gospel. That really is been, has been the pastoral plan for uh, the archdiocese since uh, Archbishop Aitchen uh, came to the archdiocese. And so um, this is just another uh, step towards trying to help re-envision the church, restructure the church, so that we can be effective in those areas of encountering Jesus, accompanying one another, living the joy of the gospel. What we just have concluded, um, given what we just talked about in terms of decline in numbers, what we're doing simply isn't working. And so to, to continue going down the road that we're going, where we continue to see a decline in pastoral practice, do you see a decline in sacramental practice, see a decline in the number of people going to mass, seeing a decline in vocations to priesthood, religious life, seeing a decline in uh, those entering into lay ecclesial ministry. In all of those ways, if we were just to continue doing what we're doing, that's actually the definition of insanity. And so uh, this is an attempt, uh, and I think a, a good one, uh, to reinvigorate uh, the life of the church. And so what it involves is this, Brenda. We're going uh, to, over the next several years, enter into a process by which we examine how we can more effectively uh, be the church. And this process we're going to use is uh, underway now, um, which is uh, consulting around how do we come together in what we're calling parish families. Currently in the Archdiocese of Seattle, we have 174 locations. That's 136 parishes, 26 missions, and 12 stations. For those 174 locations, we currently have about 80 diocesan priests and about 50 or 60 
religious and extern priests. Extern priests are those who come from outside of the archdiocese to serve us here in the Archdiocese of Seattle. Um, in 15 years, we project that we'll have about 60 diocesan priests to be able to serve us. Um, that that number just isn't, you know, you can't do the math there uh, sure. to, to make that work. And so Partners in the Gospel aims at bringing together two, three, four parishes into a parish family. We're in the consultation process uh, about that right now with some consultative leadership groups, an oversight committee, a presbyteral council, uh, who are looking at um, at what makes the most sense uh, in bringing uh, parishes together uh, in parish families. Father Gary, you said this model, meaning that there seems to have been um, a plan or a blueprint previous to the Archdiocese of Seattle entering into this. What model was Seattle looking at in order to formulate partners in the gospel? We consulted with um, several dioceses about how they've approached this. Uh, and it, this isn't new uh, in the church in the United States. The one we landed on that was uh, most uh, attractive to us was the model they're using in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Uh, their program is called Beacons of Light, but it's very similar to what we are undertaking. Um, so, and they're uh, ahead of us. They implemented what we're implementing in July of 2024. They just implemented uh, last July and July of 2022. So it was the Archdiocese of Cincinnati that really became uh, the model for us, although we're uh, adapting it for our needs here in Western Washington. And I can say a little more about that, but you might have an additional question. Oh, oh, I actually, Father Gary, I have a few more additional questions. This is very interesting, and I know so many interested in knowing what this means to me in my parish, in my pew. I am coming up against my break, though. Father Gary, can you please stay with me through the break so we can continue our discussion in the next half hour? I'd be happy to. It is 823 at Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on this Thursday morning. Well, one of the great ways you can support Day Radio is through our vehicle donation program. If you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Really quick and easy process. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. It'll take you to the main page there. Just a couple forms to fill out. You're good to go, and it is a likely tax deduction for you as well. That is Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Chesterton Academy for Saudi welcomes Dale Alquist, president of the Society of G.K. Chesterton, to its To the Heights Gala, Saturday night, April 22nd. 
This is Dale Alquist with a personal invitation to join me in Portland for a big celebration of the opening of Chesterton Academy for Saki. It's going to be a very fun evening. There is merriment and there is Chestertonian merriment. So please come out and support the wonderful work that Chesterton Academy for Saki is doing to help raise the church's next generation of leaders and thinkers and saints. Don't miss the Chesterton Academy for Saudis to the Heights Gala, Saturday night, April 22nd at the Aquinas Hall Ballroom in Portland. For tickets, sponsorships, and more details, visit chestertonforsaudi.org for an evening of Chestertonian merriment with Dale Alquist. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. I am Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion, my motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. It's the cup that refreshes the morning blend on Modern Day Radio. 826 at Mater Day Radio, and inflation is easing a bit. We'll tell you about it in the news. And what will our response be to a gift of hope? Archbishop Sample asked that as he releases his Easter message. I'll have more of that coming up for you in three minutes. Here is Rita West and Victor. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through Virgin Mary.
it is, Rita West and Victor. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, our Archbishop of Portland, Alexander Sample, has released his message to all of us this Easter season. He begins by saying a joyous, glorious, and happy Easter to you all. Our Savior has broken through the gates of death. At this most sacred and triumphant time of year, we rejoice in Christ's victory. We have come with Jesus through the penitence of Lent, through the darkness of Good Friday, through his suffering and death, and into the victorious light of hope for life everlasting. He goes on to say in his message, We are all acutely aware of the shadow of death in our world. Everywhere we look, there is pain, division, injustice, so much suffering. Maybe you are suffering as you read this, and I want you all to know you are not alone. Then in conclusion, he writes, as we celebrate his resurrection, I want you to remember Jesus brings us hope in the midst of our suffering. He has rescued us from the shadow of death. How will you respond to this gift of hope? Well, U.S. consumer inflation eased in March with less expensive gas and food, providing some relief to households that have struggled under the weight of surging prices. Yet prices are still rising fast enough to keep the Federal Reserve on track to raise interest rates at least one more time beginning in May. So the government said Wednesday that consumer prices rose just 0.1 percent from February to March. That's down from 0.4 percent from January to February and the smallest increase since December. Now, measured from a year earlier, prices were up just 5% in March. That's down sharply from February's 6% year-over-year increase and the mildest such rise in nearly two years. So much of the drop resulted from price declines for such goods as gasoline, used cars, and furniture, which had soared a year ago after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Do you look at gas prices when oh, you get absolutely. fuel? Yeah. I made that choice yesterday, uh, you know, get filling up yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah or go- was it for some? I'm trying to think. It's going up again. Yeah. I think that it was... Um, Hmm. I want to say four, four thirty. I, yeah. I I believe four thirty nine. Do you go maybe? just with regular? Just yep, yeah. regular unleaded. Yeah, I think it's right around there. Well, a committee of 12, 22 people gathered this week to begin the writing process for the Synod on Synodality's working document that will be the blueprint for discussions during the meeting of bishops in October. Now, according to a statement from the General Secretariat of the Synod of Bishops on Wednesday, they said a group of experts from five continents is meeting at the Vatican until April 19th with the aim of starting the reflection that will lead at a later stage to the drafting of the Instrumentum Laboris. And that is the working document for the first session of the 16th Ordinary General Assembly of the Synod of Bishops. Now, to begin drafting the working document, the group of experts will meet behind closed doors to discuss the continental stage of the Synod on Synodality as a whole and analyze the seven final documents submitted by each of the regional assemblies. Now, the committee's analysis will highlight tensions and priorities to be studied in depth during the October assembly. Well, you may have to be a little more tech savvy when it comes to airline tickets, at least for Alaska Airlines, that says it will no longer provide self-serve kiosks at PDX to print boarding passes. Instead, passengers will either have to print their boarding passes at home 
or load them onto their smartphones. Now, boarding passes for Alaska flights won't be available on the airport's common-use kiosks either. Alaska says the change will get people through the lobby area more quickly and cut down on paper use. An Alaska Air spokesperson says the airline will still have customer service agents available who can print passes for passengers at no extra charge. The airline says three in four passengers already print their boarding passes at home or use their smartphone. The change won't affect other airlines. You know, we were talking about this earlier. We flew a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and, and put the boarding passes on our uh, on our phones, which was super easy. But I remember the first time I did this, and it was going to a football game. And it was like, oh, I was a little worried, like, oh, this is going to be such a pain right? to try to do this. To You know, they they sent you the link, and then you had to load it onto your wallet. That was the name of the, exactly. uh, the app for uh, the phone. But then once you did it, it's just like, oh, this is super easy. So easy. Yeah. Uh, the first few times, I'll say this, David, that I did use my phone app, the wallet, like you said, mm-hmm. I did print have a paper copy of it. Oh, just... Just uh, in case, because yeah. I wasn't quite sure if it was going to work as easily as it seemed. Right. And sure enough, the first couple of times, it was like right there, real easy, walk right in after they scanned the code. So I, I've stopped doing the paper part of it, which, you know, if we can reduce paper use, oh, yeah. I'm for it. Absolutely. Well, the Lewis and Clark Bridge that crosses the Columbia River and connects Longview, Washington to Rainier, Oregon, closed to all cars on Wednesday evening for emergency repairs, according to the Washington State Department of Transportation. Now, that maintenance crews were out on Wednesday afternoon prepping the bridge for a summer replacement project when they noticed a fracture in a floor beam. Now, they had posted that it would be closed and take 24 to 48 hours to repair that fracture. Well, in a 6 a.m. tweet this morning from WASDOT Southwest, it said... The Lewis and Clark Bridge is now open overnight. WASDOT crews completed emergency bridge work and all needed inspections. The bridge is now open to all traffic. Thank you for your patience. It's interesting. So we live in southwest Portland. And if you go to Mm -hmm. Astoria, for us, typically what we would do is just go right out uh, the 405 to Highway 30. And okay. then you take the Highway 30, goes through like St. Helens, Capoose, and right. on your way to Astoria. But, you know, you can look on your phone and see directions and see, okay, what's the quickest route sure. to go? And it gives you a couple options and tells you what's faster. It's interesting that if you were to go I-5 North exactly, and then cut over in Washington and go over that bridge... Is that a quicker route it for can, you? It can be. Certain times. Yeah. yeah. It de- I guess it depends on yeah. where you start. Right. I know our good friend, Dina Marie, she lives in Longview yeah. and she takes that bridge, especially when she's going to help the sisters at OLP mm-hmm. or come up here. That tends to be her route at certain times right. also. Uh, so it is heavily used. If From our home in Vancouver... Directions will always take us, like especially if we're going to Astoria right. uh, for the day, oh, up to Longview, over that bridge, and yeah. all the way out. So For us, it just seems counterintuitive, because it seems like you're going so far north uh-huh. on I-5 into Washington, and then cutting over. But just because you're on the freeway, it's, it's traveling faster. Sure. Maybe next time, just for, we're always in such a hurry to get there. Yeah. That sometimes it's worth it to take that extra, you know, 20 minutes probably, you know, and try a little different way around. Yeah, see what it's like. Yeah. And then just kind of head up, you know, through all of those areas.
Where are we at here? All right. Well, um... Oh, you know what? I got sports. Okay. Let me do sports. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Yeah. So I want to mention, talk about the NBA playoffs, because the playing games were last night, and it was the Chicago Bulls edging the Toronto Raptors 109-105 to in the Eastern Conference. The Bulls will play Miami in an elimination game tomorrow. So in the West, Oklahoma City down New Orleans 123-118. to That eliminates the Pelicans. The Thunder will now play Minnesota in an elimination game tomorrow night. So, See, I didn't even know that there was an NBA team named the Pelicans or the Thunder. That's Well, there is. Okay. Now, now you know. Well, and I know that the Blazers didn't play either one of them. They did not. Well, many Catholics are familiar with the concept of a novena, which involves praying for nine consecutive days for a particular intention. Now, while this is often very effective, some are in need of more urgent response from God and turn to a nine-hour novena prayed in a single day. Now, the nine-hour novena to the infant Jesus of Prague is often said for an urgent need, and many can attest to its efficacy. Now, the novena can also be prayed for nine consecutive days, but most pray this for nine hours. Now, remember, there's no guarantee you will get exactly what you are praying for, but God always answers our prayers. It may not be what we expect, but we always receive that response. So the key is to pray the nine-hour novena with faith and trust in God, letting God decide how best to respond to your prayer. And in part, the novena says, O Jesus, who has said, all that you ask of the Father in my name, he will grant you. Through the intercession of Mary, your most holy mother, I humbly and urgently ask your Father in your name that my prayer will be granted. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Uh, We've been talking about this special event, and it's coming up next Wednesday at 3 o'clock. It is the 88th Annual Archbishop Seminary Tea happening at Portland Golf Club here in Portland. A Portland tradition since 1935, the tea is a warm and gracious community gathering and benefit for the education of seminarians who are preparing to serve in the Archdiocese of Portland. And remember, you can Find details on this and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And Brenda continues her interview with Father Gary St. Joseph's in Vancouver right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on. We're a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. 
As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. It is 8.42 at Mater Dei Radio. We have about a 30% chance of showers today, high of 51 degrees. Same for this evening, low of 38. And then for Friday, hey, partly sunny skies, high of 57. Currently, it is 43 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 39 degrees at St. Francis Church in Sherwood. I am back with Father Gary Lazzaroni. Of course, we know Father Gary as the pastor of St. Joseph's Church in Vancouver, but he's also recently been named the Vicar for Strategic Pastoral Planning in the Partners in the Gospel Initiative. Father Gary is joining us today to explain just a little bit more what that is and how it's going to be affecting the churches in the Archdiocese of Seattle, and for those of us who are living in Clark County in the Southern Deanery. Father Gary, thank you so much for staying with me today. It's a pleasure to be here talking to you, Brenda. So, Father Gary, as we ended our last conversation in the last half hour, we began to talk about this Parish Family Initiative, this grouping that, uh, in consultation, is going to be happening so let's let me ask you this way, because people that's the first concern is, well, what does that mean for my parish where I am? I think what I'd like to know first, before we try to understand what these family parishes are look like prior to the implementation of Partners in the Gospel, did the archbishop, along with his council and advisors, were there other efforts that were looked at to keep from having to restructure so dramatically in the way that we have in order, as you said, we have many extern and orders of priests uh, that are available. Uh, were there uh, thoughts on, you know, having more pastoral assistance and have priests travel around more in order to cover the area? Was there an effort prior to this that were tried or suggested and realized it wasn't going to work and that you settled on partners in the gospel. Yes, there were other efforts. And uh, under Archbishop Aitchen, uh, there were recent efforts uh, in consolidating some parishes in Tacoma, in Everett, in South Seattle. Um, so that effort happened uh, over the last couple of years. Um, but this isn't new for the Archdiocese of Seattle. Those efforts were um, were tried uh, under uh, Archbishop Aitchen's uh, predecessor, Archbishop Sarton, uh, was also tried under his predecessor, Archbishop Brunette, uh, under Archbishop um, Murphy, under Archbishop Hunthausen. Um, I would say, uh, if you look at the history of the Archdiocese of Seattle, these conversations about the need to look at resources and uh, really evaluate whether we have uh, need to reassess uh, started way back under Archbishop Hunthausen. So this isn't a new um, challenge for us, uh, but it is for the first time uh, really meeting that challenge in a way that I think both um, involves some direction from the Archbishop, but also involves the voice of all of the people of the Archdiocese of Seattle. That's what really attracted us to this model, 
is that um, it's not going to be something that's going to be imposed on people. There will be some direction, uh, but people were, are going to have a voice in it from the very beginning. Father Gary Lazzaroni joining us this morning. Father Gary is the Victor for Strategic Pastoral Planning, and we are joined today talking about the Partners in the Gospel Initiative for the Archdiocese of Seattle. Father Gary, then in our last half hour, we began discussing this parish family. So what does that mean? Because if you have several parishes and have a dwindling number of priests to attend to the needs of, of a parish and all that it is beyond Sunday masses. There are funerals and classes and things that, you know, that, that priests are needed for, well, really 24 seven, the needs of a priest are there. So what does that mean? Parish family, one priest can't possibly attend to all of the needs of every parishioner in three or four parishes. What happens within a parish family? Yeah, so the model uh, will bring together, as I said, two, three, uh, in some cases, four parishes under one pastor and one or more parochial vicars. So there will be several priests serving each parish family uh, under one pastor. Um, So that consultation process uh, is underway uh, about what's the best configuration of those parish families And then um, over the course of the next several months, that consultation will include all the priests of the Archdiocese of Seattle. And then in the fall of this year, we're going to share the draft of those parish family configurations with all the people of the Archdiocese and ask for input uh, from them. So the one message I would like to get out today, Brenda, is um, that for those who feel like decisions have already been made, Um, that we know which parishes are closing, which are staying open. Um, Just that is simply not true. Uh, There are no decisions made. And in fact, uh, in July of 2024, when we implement uh, this parish family configuration, all of those parishes are still individual parishes that are open. Uh, They're just being served by one pastor and multiple parochial vicars. Um, Then it's over the course of the next three years after that, that the parish family themselves enters into a discernment process about what will become the one parish. Um, But that's not a decision, as I said, that's going to be imposed on them. And then one final distinction to make, that a parish is distinct from a church. So you could have one parish that has multiple churches in that parish. And in fact, that's what it will be in the parish family. Those parishes will still be individual, independent parishes under one pastor, and then we'll enter into a discernment process about what becomes the one parish. Is there a primary worship site? What to do with the other sites? All of that, that's up to the discernment of the of the parishioners and their pastor and their parish leaders. Now, before we go, Father Gary, tell us what is uh, the Archbishop asking of all of us during this period now as we await this kind of announcement of the parish family group? To pray 
to participate. Uh, and the best way to participate is through prayer for this effort. There is uh, a, 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 an Archdiocesan uh, webpage devoted to Partners in the Gospel. There's a newsletter that everybody should sign up for. Uh, and to get onto that webpage regularly uh, for the resources that are there to help us uh, through this process. Oh, excellent. Well, Father Gary, thank you so much. As we continue into this process over the next few years, please join us again to kind of help us along and explain further where we are at. Before we go, Father, will you end us in a prayer and your priestly blessing? I would be happy to. It would be a privilege. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we thank you for what you have called us to here in the Archdiocese of Seattle. We thank you for the courageous women and men who for more than 170 years have shared the joy of the gospel here. Help us, Lord, to stand on their shoulders and to do them justice as we lead this church into the 21st century. We know, Lord, that you will guide us if we stay open to you. Help us, Lord, to be attentive to the voice of your spirit as we listen to that voice within the people of God. We call upon the Blessed Virgin now as we turn to her as the one who always listened. And so we pray through her intercession that she may bless us and keep us, that the Lord may make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us, that he may look upon us with kindness and give us his great peace and joy. And so may you all be blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And again, that is Father Gary Lazzaroni. So Father Gary mentioned a website where you can find out more information and to sign up for the newsletter to make that easier for our listeners. I will include those links on the podcast of this interview. will get you right to where you need to be. You can find that podcast uh, at materdayradio.com and of course the Hail Mary media app. And it is 8.52 at Mater Day Radio. It's David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Thursday. Thank you so much for joining us. We sure hope you join us next week, April mm -hmm. 17th through the 21st. That is our Spring share with the wonderful theme, Seek the Truth. So if you go to our website, right on the main page, it'll give you a link to all of the share information. And there really is an opportunity for you to give right now, if you like. You'll help us build our matching fund, which is so important as we make our way through share -a In fact, our Monday again for share it is Matching Monday. That's right. With those funds, we'll continue to grow that. So that way, well, throughout the share we'll be able to double mm -hmm. gifts given. And thank you to everyone who's already given. We do really appreciate that. But again, we've got a secure website that you can make your donation online. That is at materdayradio.com, or you can reach it through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722.
That's 503-252-1722. Join Mater Dei Radio and Archbishop Alexander Sample as he prays the Hail Holy Queen. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, O most gracious advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon all of you, your families, your loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MontreDayRadio.com. Monterey Radio's Leadership Circle connects through All Source Communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? All Source Communications is an independent local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at allsourcecommunications.com. That's allsourcecommunications.com or call 503-967-4887 for All Source Communications, connecting Monterey Radio's Leadership Circle. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Day Radio. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. One last look at your forecast. Just about a 30% chance of rain today, a high of 51 degrees. 30% chance of showers overnight tonight, low of 38. And then maybe a little partly sunny skies for Friday with a high of 57. It is currently 43 degrees in the Rose City. And Sarah Kroger is going to close out our show for us today. Here is Impossible Things. You are listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Take my 
That is Sarah Kroger and Impossible Things. It's A59 at Mater Day Radio. Hey, thank you so much for joining the Morning Blend today. David and Brenda with you. We do appreciate it. Look at that. We've already made it through Thursday, tomorrow, Friday already. That's Friday. Getting ready for the weekend, and we'll be getting ready for share I know. So we're already getting messages back on our coffee pot <laughs> instigation that yes. happened yesterday with the soap. Thank you to Phil. He said cream of tartar. Cream of tartar. Okay. You clean it out. Clean it out. Yeah. All right. Won't leave that soapy residue. We'll have to try that. We have another pot to clean. <laughs> That's right. That is going to wrap it up for us on the morning blend. It is Thursday. That means you get to live with passion with Father Cedric this evening. We hope you have a very blessed Thursday.